Benasha crew, I would say. What it, it, um? What what is Benasha crew? The nostalgic crew is what I meant. I was joking. Oh, my bad. <laughs> but yeah, with it being the pandemic and everything, I thought, yeah, it was hard to tell. But yeah, um, another guy is going to join us in a couple of minutes. But yeah, he's running a bit late. But yeah, I just hit record. So um, without further ado, welcome y'all tuning in to another episode of Vanilla Weiss and the Nostalgic Nerds, and today we have three very special guests. One of them's running a little late, but returning for another episode back from last episode, the famous Troy Froman. Those of you who grew up in the 90s or late 80s will remember him as Ox from Saved by the Bell, the hilarious, the absolutely hilarious blonde jock. And he also was the thuggish guy who was caught smoking or almost got caught smoking weed in the bathroom. <laughs> when, when smoking weed, it was just a cigarette. Yeah. Well, um, Slater shouldn't have added the word too when he said, um, this can kill you too. <laughs> Because only one of those two kills somebody kills people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to do that. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. So, uh, what what you guys do on the fourth last night? Oh man, I, I I adhered to uh to every guideline, man. I am uh forty four years old. I have elderly parents I look after, so I I just can't take any risk. You know, I work with kids too, so I got to look after them. Uh, so I I stay at home. I had a little little something something, you know, a little drink, a little smoke. Uh, I went outside, swam in my pool, and I got to watch a free fireworks show. How about you? Um, I wish I was in your pool. <laughs> but anyway, my wife and I we got we closed the restaurant early at five. We went home until waited for the sun to set, and we took our edibles. Nice. And uh, and did you catch the video I made on the way the way I was exiting my house? Oh no! You gotta post it for me. Yeah, I'd love to check it out. I posted it last night. It's, like, it's called Happy Purge of July. But yeah, I'll, is it on your page? I'll check it out. It's on my Facebook page, and I guess you were not following me because you would have saw it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I I wasn't really on the internet all of yesterday. <laughs> Anyway, check it out. It's just like 30 seconds long. It's something I invented in my head real quick, but my best ideas are when I'm stoned. Hey, let so, me ask you guys, how, how did you uh, how did you uh, meet? How did you uh, get to know about each other? On a Saved by the Bell fan club page on Facebook. Ah, cool. Yeah, I saw... Okay. Hmm? Oh, we're not talking about the gay bar? <laughs> now he specifically told me not to mention that you blew it <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah so go ahead if you want to finish and I'll, I'll say something alrighty but yeah so what I was gonna say what's it called is um the way how he and I got connected was I saw you um make a comment about the actress who played Tori saying like she was really nice to work with on the show, and so I'm like, wait, which cast member is this? And then I looked on his page, and I'm like, holy shit, that's Ox. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think Chris here is um that familiar with the show. Oh, you said you did watch it sometime. So I, I, I did, but um, I you know honestly can't say I remember more more than any any anything. I just remember a few of the the, the highlights, like the the diet pills episode or um, Elizabeth uh, Berkeley, isn't it? Going on to do that terrible yeah. film that tanked her career. Oh I, yeah, Showgirls. Although um. That movie may have been terrible, but it was iconic in the sense that it's a movie that everybody instantly thinks of when they think of her. You, you know, I, I have to say, it, it's it's a shame because Hollywood is a, is a cruel mistress because, you know, Miley Cyrus essentially did the exact same thing. She t- turned into trash and her career blew up for it. And then somebody else takes a risky move and it, you know, it's, it's somehow submarines the rest of their career. It's just, you really can't predict anything uh when you're an entertainer about what you know how your decisions are going to affect your long-term careers yeah glad you told him troy was thinking of making a porno himself what uh, i was saying yeah um i'm glad that chris just gave you that advice right now um yeah troy here was probably going to make a porno himself otherwise <laughs> I, I don't think so unless i got out already so we got stoned and we got in the car and you know there's no legal stuff anywhere so we just start following the, the explosions in the sky and then brought us to downtown Culver City which is about a mile from our place and we found a street where they were just launching them off like illegally like, like it was a war <laughs> was everywhere and it was like one of the best shows you know better than going to a, a legal one it was just awesome. So some guy had a, what I found, you know what an F-1000 is? An F-1000? Uh, can't say I do. Is that like a, spe- a special firework? It's an M-1000. It's like, you know an M-80? Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, my God. Is it really like, what, more than 10 times more powerful? Yeah, well, we're sitting there watching the explosions, and all of a sudden, this big thing goes off. I thought it was a grenade. It shook our car and set up <laughs> down the street. I mean, it gave us a heart attack. And then this big, fat, white guy, you know, picture me, but ten times bigger, and drunk. He goes, hey, Eric, did you hear that M1000 go off? <laughs> and that's how I learned what an M1000 was. Uh, H, uh, Troy, right? Yeah. Troy, did you happen to, to catch in, in the, um, in Yahoo news this morning? I read that there was like an entire apartment complex caught fire because of some people's illegal fireworks so, somewhere in SoCal. Did you read about that? Somewhere. I, in, I saw, saw the news and it was in Northridge. Northridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely no shortage of craziness in LA from what I've, he- I've heard over the years. Yeah. LA is a city where like, anything's possible in terms of what you may see. <laughs> uh, Tro- yeah. Tro- did you live anywhere where else uh, before you, you moved to L.A.? Say that again? Uh, did, did you live anywhere else before you were uh, living in, in L.A.? Um, I was born in, in Encino, in the Valley, and okay. I grew up in Northridge, went to Granada Hills High, and my wife and I recently, uh, well, about 23 years ago, moved to West L.A., and we moved just in time because the Northridge earthquake hit, and our apartment was like the epicenter. And the, the apartment kitty corner to ours caved in and killed like 15 people. Oh my God. And our apartment, the car ports fell in and crushed all the cars. So yeah. we kind of moved out of there just in time. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I was a little, I think, a little too young to, to really, you know, know what was going on on the other side of the country. I, gr- I grew up here in South Florida. Uh, but now, as an adult, the more I come to learn about this Northridge quake, I mean, my mind is, is literally blown. I mean, people still talk about it like it happened five years ago because of how, how grave it was, how serious it was. Yeah, I remember waking up in West L.A. with my wife, and she goes, that's it, we're moving back to Northridge. She had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so the... But yeah, you you were born and raised in the L.A. area, right? Yes, yes, uh, San Fernando Valley. But yeah, I love love how you said um, when you moved to L.A., the only place this guy moved from was a vagina. No, I, I, what I what I should have said is, is when you move to your current location. That's actually what I meant. Uh, but I just say that because uh, you know, like I said, I grew up here in South Florida, where now it's you know it's it's pretty uh, robust. You know, there's a, a constant influx of, of new people. It's it's very you know population dense now. But when I grew up here, man, I mean, South Florida were, was the end of the the earth. It was where civilization ended and the, the Everglades began. So it's kind of a weird thing when I moved to LA in 2004 to be in a place that like the development never ends. You know, the, the you know, here you can jump on a freeway, drive an hour and you'll, you'll be in, you know, the Everglades somewhere, somewhere completely remote, but in LA, it's just one city after another. So it's, it's pretty remarkable. You know, it's like, you can't uh, escape uh, construction. You can't escape population there. Like you can't here unless you go into the desert, I suppose. Florida is like very humid, right? Like a like a sweaty vagina. Then oh, it's yeah, it's awful, man. Yeah, that you could the second you walk outside in like the middle of July or August, you're instantly going to be sticking to your t-shirt. <laughs> I, well, my underwear sticks to me. That's for another reason. <laughs> well, at Troy, if at night, uh, you know, you guys have that great thing, man. Where once the sun sets, you can actually count on it to cool off a bit here. Uh, you know, sometimes you're like, it's 10 o'clock at night. How am I still, how is it this hot? How is the int- the humidity this intense when there's not even a sun in the sky? It, it, it drives a man crazy. Yeah, my wife and I vacationed in uh, Florida. We took a few days there. And, and I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it was kind of miserable a little bit. But we had fun because <laughs> we were drunk. And we were jacuzzi in the hotel bar in the jacuzzi. And we had a good time there. Which um, was- City did you guys go to? Huh? What city in Florida did you guys go to? I'm imagining it was Orlando because we we went to that you know universal place. Yeah, that was definitely Orlando then. Have yeah. you hey, so I, I got some good news and then I got some bad news and I got even worse news. Yeah. So my Start start with the bad news, go to the worse, and then the good. <laughs> but the joke's not going to work that way. Okay, all right. <laughs> the good news, I just tested. I was just tested for the um, you know, the COVID, and it came out negative. Nice. The bad news. The bad news is that they told me I'm pregnant. The worst news is you don't know who the father is. <laughs> no, the worst. The worst news is that he doesn't have the money to get an abortion. <laughs> you go camping, and I said, well, um, and then I go, maybe. He goes, well, if you get drunk and you wake up and your pants are down, would you tell anybody? I said, no. He goes, well, let's go camping. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Well, uh, uh, hey, uh, Troy, I, I do promise to uh, make it a point here to see uh, see if I can't uh, see some of your work on Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just, you know, too many years have passed and my memories on what it used to be. But um, like I said, I only remember a few things. I, I, uh, you and I have a tangential connection, though, a very tenuous tangential connection. Um, Many years ago, shortly before I left, I left in 2014, a friend of mine uh, tried to hook me up with a job uh, ghostwriting stand-up comedy for Mr. Belding. Who was, I guess, trying to, to break into that market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did you? I, it, no, I, for some reason or other, we just couldn't get it. She recommended me, but the people, you know, when those people all call you and they just never got around to calling me. I did, uh, I did do some writing while I was out there, but unfortunately, that wasn't a part of it. It was really cool seeing him after all those years at the reunion we had at the Max in uh, Hollywood. Was he a uh, heavy when you saw him? You know, if you go back to my my portfolio on Facebook or whatever, he wasn't. He was, he lost some weight. I saw one picture where he was really heavy, and then he lost weight. I was sitting next to him. We were signing photographs together and pictures together. It was a really awesome experience. Um, some of them weren't there, but a lot of them were there. I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, reunions are always really fun. I hear. Um, I hear that. It's it's like a blast from the past for cast members who for who are child starters and particularly since those are people they grew up with and everything. And for two hours, I felt like a a, a big time star. So, you know, the people were coming in. Oh, Ox, Ox, the picture with Ox, uh, an autograph with Ox. It was, it was really cool. I felt like uh, you know, like one of the main characters. Even though I was only on nine episodes. Have you can? But you said you've considered doing stand up, right? That's something I think you, based on how good you were with your timing on the show, I think you would be very good at stand up. Yeah, I mentioned that you know I was toying with the idea, but I don't know if I could just—I don't know. I never tried it. Maybe one day. Right now, I'm too busy. Maybe one day, yes. But right now, I'm too busy trying to keep this restaurant alive. You know. Well, uh, if you don't mind me asking, Troy, maybe maybe Dan knows. I, I don't. Uh, tell tell me about this this restaurant. What what um? I mean, is it something? It sounds like something you, you're you're newly into. It, no, it's our family restaurant. It's been for years. A generation. Uh, it started in uh, Cleveland with my grandpa, and then my dad is the you know he's the business genius. I'm Mr. Dumbass. But anyway. Oh, oh but, but your struggles are, are what COVID related? Because it's it sounds like you're you've been putting in a lot of time and effort. That's that's the impression I got. Is it Yes, they closed down our dining room, so we only have pickup and, and deliveries. So it's, you know, we're only making a third of what we were before, basically. So we're struggling. We got the we got a government loan, but you have to follow special rules about it. Give employees money while they're sitting at home, things like that. But it's looking positive. We're going to, we'll probably uh, make it, and that's a struggle. Yeah, I know. Um, it sucks the whole pandemic has done a Ron Jeremy to all of us. It's fucked everybody. <laughs> yeah. The acting and, the, and auditions for me and whatever it is for you also. Yeah, for us it was being able to perform at shows and open mics and stuff and not to mention the fact there's no concerts or even like baseball games or anything right now. Yeah, and then you got the fucking riots didn't help. All those people, uh, you know, like sardines in the street, and, and then the people, the younger crowd being all waxed and 
walking around without masks is just not helping. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's frightening, man. You know, um, I, I live here in Florida, and they said, you know, yesterday we we set a new record with the reported cases, and then today we beat that record with the the reported cases. So literally, from one day to the next, we're breaking our record from the previous day. Uh, I just read something about in Texas, man, and they really have it in their heads that um, this is some kind of a, like political issue or left wing conspiracy, and that they're somehow sticking it to the libs by not cooperating by refusing to wear a mask. Um, you know, so that's a scary thing that you have people that are will literally willing to burn themselves to the ground to prove a point that really doesn't mean a whole lot of anything. Well, the shit is real, and I'll tell you why. My dad got it. My my brother got it. My brother-in-law got it. They both they thought they were all going to die. Jesus. They, they were miserable. They thought they were going to absolutely die. But I could get tested, and I'm negative. My wife's negative. Uh, the only good thing about the whole mess is because of the mask, you don't have to see all the ugly people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, one of the jokes I use, I go, the whole world's turned into a bunch of Palestinian chicks. It's now illegal to to show your face in public. <laughs> you, you know, something interesting, since uh, Dan just mentioned that, I, I actually had a chance for a while. I was traveling to the Middle East with, with some regularity. And, uh, you know, it's really different from country to country, the rules on, um, on, on where, you know, covering your face. So you'll meet a lot of females that do wear that, uh, you know, cover their faces, but it's, it's a choice. It's, it's their choice to practice their, you know, their particular interpretation of, of their faith. Um, but I did meet a girl and I asked her once, I said, so, you know, you, you, you have friends that have never seen you without, yeah. And she said, yeah, I mean, people she's grown up with friends she went to school with that have never seen her face outside of the, um, you know, the, the thing that kind of resembles like a ninja slit. She, you know, she wore like the, the full face mask, you know? Um, I just thought that was really interesting because you looked like she was probably a pretty girl underneath it. You know, I just thought that was a real culture shock. Yeah, I've always wondered um, in any stores there, do they have surveillance cameras in the Middle East? Because <laughs> surveillance cameras would be pointless there. You can't see the person anyway. That's funny. Yeah. Stop, stop the lady in black. It's, there's 13 of them in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, can you describe the suspect? Um, they had brown eyes <laughs> and they sounded and yeah. brown skin, brown eyes. <laughs> yeah. And they had tits. So they were probably a woman, but who knows? Yeah, that's funny. But you know, with the high tech equipment now and the facial recognition, I think they can get past that. No, you, you're correct. You know, they say the single, uh, most, um, uh, damning or effective, whatever you want to call it, a uh, feature of facial recognition is the space and the symmetry of your eyes. So even if you cover everything else up, if you leave your eyes open, uh, you're still giving it its best uh, in. They say if you really want to confound facial recognition technology, uh, sunglasses are probably the most effective thing you can do. Wow. Hey, when those chicks give you a head, do they cut a hole in that, in that mask? <laughs> I will tell you a funny story. Uh, one of the countries uh, I was in, you know, I, I was uh, kind of being escorted by these, you know, young, young bucks, these, you know, military studs. Uh, and, you know, we, you know, we got to know each other and we, like men do, we got, we started conversing about, you know, male, female relations. And, and he did say that some of these girls are not as pious as they pretend to be. You know, he talked about, you know, having hookups where a girl would show up on his door you know, covered head to toe in, 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 you know, Islamic fundamentalist garb. But then once, she, once the door was closed, all that stuff came off and she became a girl like any other, you know? Nice. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, um, uh, what, how much would it suck nowadays in terms of getting laid if a chick who was dirty down there also had corona, so you fuck her once and you got like three diseases in one? You've got hepatitis, herpes, and corona? It's the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the worst cornucopia I've ever heard of, you know? <laughs> But hey, uh, let me ask you about the restaurant because, um, uh, you know, I, I usually uh, visit the West Coast um, at least once, maybe even twice a year. Um, and and I, I desperately need a vacation because I was supposed to go, you know, in the last month or two, go to Las Vegas. Um, but for obvious reasons, I haven't been traveling. But when I do go back, I might like to take a good two, three weeks, maybe get over to L.A. again. Uh, what's, what's your place? It's Fuller's Deli. It's, uh, we're in Santa Monica. Close to the pier, which if you're, you know, sightseeing, the pier is a great place to go. Yeah, considering if it's open when you when you're here right now, it's closed down. The beaches are closed. It's not much, you know. The, the only dining you can do right now, we're open for three weeks, then they close us down again, unless you have outside seating. So we're seriously considering putting some tables outside in the parking lot and stuff. It, it, I'm sure you're going through a lot of the same stuff that we're going here. I, you know, I went, went into a, a place that serves beer and pizza. I was just going to you know, park up at the bar, have a drink. Um, and I, I took my mask off because I didn't see anyone else wearing one. And I said, Wait, I'm going to need to eat something, drink something, right? Well, they, they told me, I said, sir, can you, you know, would you mind wearing a mask? I said, yeah, no, no problem. I took it off because nobody else is wearing one. And she said, oh, it's because they're eating because they're seated. Then you can take the mask off. But if you're literally walking down the aisle, like on the way to the bathroom or something, you have to cover your face. <laughs> yes, that's the rule. Uh, I know it's ridiculous. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't confuse really ugly people. Imagine them walking in um, without a mask and thinking their face is their ass, so they stick it in the toilet. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I almost feel the same way. I, I try and stay positive about this and, and, and not, you know, focus on the negative. But uh, I heard from a friend that my gym had opened up, uh, LA Fitness, after like months of being closed. So I go in there a couple days ago and they, t they, they take your temperature. Uh, they make you wear a mask. But once you get in and you're working out, you don't have to wear the mask anymore. So there's people huffing and puffing, sweating all over the equipment. You're supposed to wipe it down, but obviously there's no way to enforce that. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. And worse than that, they closed down uh, for distancing. They closed down like every other machine, right? But now that just means that there's fewer machines and more people crowding around each available machine to wait for it. So, you know, I, I just, I, I think this whole thing is honestly a hoax. Uh, and really the best thing you can do is make a decision. Am I going to hold up in my house for the next year or am I just going to go out there and roll the dice, you know? Yeah. Um uh I wonder what we, we we would all be doing, and let's say it was like the mid-90s before we had all this 
technology and the internet, what do you think you would be doing to occupy your time? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, during this whole social quarantine for me, in a way, it wouldn't be so bad because 90s entertainment like TV and movies were way better, so I would probably just spend the day watching TV or movies. And we'd all be playing Atari 2600. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would probably just have a Save by the Bell marathon all day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What else? What else? But, yeah, what's it called? Um, so, did, uh, so, how was it with working with the rest of the cast on that show? Where, uh, they seem like they'd be a good group of people. I hope they were. Everybody was fantastic. Everybody was great. I never had a problem with, with anybody. You know, I, I made the director mad uh, once. Uh, uh, with, you know, the graduation singing, we're wearing the pink shirts and the ties, and we're singing about our school or whatever. Oh, yeah, the new school song episode, right? That was the one where Zach yeah. tried to fix the competition. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway... Um, I was I didn't feel like singing, so I was mouthing the words, and then uh, the director comes up to me and goes, "Are you singing? Or are you mouthing the words?" You know, I, I, I don't feel, I, I'm not a good singer. I'm just mouthing it. He goes, "You're an actor, so start acting." Is it bad that I I still remember the exact words to that song? <laughs> well, not if you're gay, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Well, um, I'm a switch hitter. Does that count? <laughs> I'm just playing around. I, I think it's sweet that you remember it because it's part of your youth. Me, I couldn't remember it at all right now. You know, I wasn't into the song, but I, I just see from your point of view how special it would be to you, and I'm not joking around. I, I understand. Yeah, but yeah, what's, well, if I'm not mistaken, that was the last recorded episode of the high school years, right? Um, because, um, what's it called? They showed the graduation one after that one, but I think, didn't they film the last, the school song one last? That was my last episode. <laughs> hey, Troy, I, I'm always curious about this. Whenever somebody, you know, gets into something memorable, like like this role, uh, did you know when you auditioned for it that it was going to be, uh, you know, like a, a recurring, you know, did, uh, did, did you think much of it? Did you, you know, because I know when I was an actor in L.A., sometimes I'd read the breakdown and I'd go like, you know, this isn't for me. And, and I'd kind of go in half heartedly. And then sometimes I'd be surprised that I that I was, you know, called for for a callback. And then other times I had to give 100 percent. And when I didn't get that call back, I'd almost want to harass my agent and tell him, you know, something was wrong. They Certainly they picked me. They had to, right? Oh, man. Uh, what shows were you on? Uh, well, the, the best I ever did in my 10 years there is a, a hidden camera show called Socially Offensive Behavior. It was on uh, BET. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'll try not to bore you with the details. But long story short, I, was, I, I went to a place where they, they had an open mic, right? Uh, it's no longer, it may not even be there anymore. The Westwood, uh, the Westwood brewery in Westwood. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Well, well, it used to have this neat kind of like third level, like, like an attic almost. And they used to do stand up there a couple nights a week. So I showed up to get some time unbeknownst to me, they'd canceled the mic and they had a private show where standups were auditioning for the producers of a hidden camera show. 
Um, so I, I, I literally uh, used uh, deception to get on that stage. I, I made it appear like I was supposed to be there. And I did a set. The set went well. And they ended up, you know, calling me in. I did a couple more auditions and I, and I got on the program. Nice. Now, going back to the answer that you wanted, uh, my, my manager called me about the Scud thing, and I, I auditioned, and obviously I got it. And then I got a call the next day or two later saying they love you, but they don't like, they don't want to put Scud in anymore. They're going to try you as a this character named Ox, a dumb jock. You have to go in there tomorrow morning and read a couple lines just to, just to get the okay that you're right for the job. So I went in there for the producers and the, and the casting director. I read a couple lines, and then they said, nah, you're in, you're in. You know, they, they didn't want to waste time. They, they did want me. I just had to prove that I could read a couple lines but like a dumb jug. Yeah. So, I think, yeah. yeah, I think Ox was seemed more like a stoner than Scud did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's just stupid, that's all. But, yeah, after the first episode, they liked me so much, they, they kept writing me in. So nice. It, uh, so I, back then, there was no digital, uh, here's your script on your phone. They had a courier. I don't know how the hell he got into my apartment complex every time. <laughs> but he, he was like a ninja. There'd be a script <laughs> on my doorstep. And I was upstairs in like apartment 16 up there. And every time I came home from the deli, there's a script on my door with revisions. Nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. That's that's great to hear that that's, you know, maybe uh, it, it so it turned into something bigger even than what you were expecting when you initially booked the role, right? Right, and even after I finished the whole thing, years later, it just started uh, just going on gangbusters of how popular that show got. Uh, so when I, when I joined Facebook, it's when everybody discovered me. Hey, Ox, where you been? Da, 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 da. So basically joining... Facebook got me back into acting uh, with everybody's, um, you know, enthusiasm good and my family. And, yeah, good, you know. good for you, man. I, I had a friend say the people that appeared in that clip, so they had to kind of have a sit-down with him about a movie that he was a small part of 30 years prior. It really is an amazing thing. You never know what you're, you know, how, how big something can become somewhere down the road. But yeah, in Save by the Bills, one of those shows said – everybody's heard of even the younger generations um they may not be familiar with it but i'm sure if you mention the title they've heard of it at least before it's almost like something that would be on their nick at night right now right now let me before we go any further the guy you're talking about joel his name's joel weiss that's him that's him yeah that's him now listen to me I did a movie with him called Street Soldiers. We are both co-starring in the same movie. Ah. So if you go to you get Street Soldiers, you can see us both. In this, it's a it's a great action movie with with kids and karate and against we're the bad guys. Me and Joel and the uh, uh, the Judas Priest and this guy named Jeff Rector. He's the leader. You're gonna see a lot of uh, faces in there, and it's a great movie. Uh, 1991, the same year I was doing the Save by the Bell, and Joel Weiss is great. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy, man. That's what a you know what a small world. I certainly never never expected that to happen. But he did tell me what you know when we used to work together because we had a, a goofy uh, kind of like a catering job, and that's how we'd run into each other. Um, and yeah. you know, he he would tell me he said you know I've I've been acting you know since I was uh, real young, and he said he, he's been in something like fifty films in various capacities. So 
uh, I guess it makes sense that I would run into somebody who who, who knows who he is, or I, much less starred with him. That's really cool. Well, I, re- I really want you to uh, watch this movie, Street Soldiers. It's uh, look at YouTube. It's an hour and a half, and it's it's great. It's a great fun movie. Okay, yeah, if it's on on YouTube, no problem. Because I, I know I I don't have any uh, streaming channels or anything like that. But um, uh, if it's on YouTube, I shouldn't have any problem accessing it. Very cool. I just shared a link on it like a couple months ago. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that was a really fun movie. It's by uh, the director's name was Lee Harry. He directed Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Oh, I remember that with with Santa's arm is coming out of the chimney as and he has an axe in it. That was That's Silent, <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. The footage from one, it says a filler for part two. Part two, it really wasn't that great, but but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, work, and, work, work is work, and not everything has to be you know the, the wheel reinvented. And Joel Weiss was in uh, maybe one or two other movies I was in. If you look, um, if you go to IMDb and look at his credits compared to mine, you see a couple titles that of other stuff we were in together, but I didn't work the same day as him. Oh, yeah, I understand. It's called, I believe, um, Forgotten Heroes. Forgotten Heroes. Let, let me let me a- ask you. Conversely, uh, was there anything you did while you were out there that you ended up, uh, you know, r- regretting? Because I, I, you know, I always say like when you're young, you're, you're supposed to take any kind of work. But in this day and age, where people can cut clips and take things out of context and, and alter photographs. I'm not so sure if that's the right way to go anymore. Where, like, you know, to 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 do anything, you know, especially if you're in some kind of comedy skit that's lowbrow or tasteless, and then ten years down the road, somebody's going to come at you for supposedly using blackface or you know uh, something like that. Is there anything that maybe you uh, you know wish you hadn't done in hindsight? No, everything. No, no I, there's nothing come back to bite me in the ass like that. I mean, there's a movie called Fortress of America where I'm in. I'm in boxer shorts being spanked by a naked girl, but I don't, I don't really, because that was a great time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Cause I know that's not the case for me. Uh, I mean, in one case as a, as a favor to a friend, I partook in, in um, like a comedy sketch that they filmed and it was, uh, you know, I had no script. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And it, it, it's supposed to be sort of like a parody, a political parody, but it had a bunch of people, uh, you know, using like racist rhetoric against Obama uh, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, while I was watching this unfold, I was seriously considering just literally walking out the door. Cause, cause I knew that it was something that one day might come back to haunt me. Yes, can we, can we go just a little bit. Um, yeah. So that's just an example. You know, like I said, nowadays, um, you know, people, I, I'm sure you've heard about, you know, with Jimmy Kimmel, he did the, the Carl Malone sketch, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And now, now these, you know, people are trying to claim that he did blackface, which he didn't. He was, he did an impression of Carl Malone. It wasn't denigrating anyone's race. He wasn't, you know, playing off negative stereotypes. He just darkened himself to more closely resemble Carl Malone. People either are like, I mean, what, come on. What's with this Aunt Jemima? She's a backache lady. I love her. Why is it getting rid of her? Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I think what what the problem is now we've kind of crossed the line uh, in, into excessiveness when people are taking offense that something that isn't even meant to be offensive, and you know, you have to work to make it offensive, or you have to assign it some, you know, some new meaning that it didn't have when it came out to make it offensive. I think a lot of it, probably half of it, is is just you know, slacktivism. It's people who want to feel good about themselves. They want to pretend they did something 
by posting something on Facebook or, you know, they want to make pretend that they matter, that their opinion matters. Uh, Cause if, if, it, if they really felt that way, they'd be out in the street, they'd be picketing, they'd be volunteering. There's a lot of things you can do to actually make the world a better place. And just, you know, uh, going after, you know, people for mistakes they made when they were 20 may, may not be the most effective one. Well, that, but also, but also the fact that what's it called? I feel like, the PC errors naturally made people much angrier. So now they're already in a bad mood and they're looking for a reason to be like pissed off about something. Well, it makes them feel alive. This, this thing with, with, with uh, social media and the fact that people who are completely random can, can get 2 million views off, you know, off of something they say has empowered people to, to want to be important, to want to be uh, pseudo celebrities, right? And to do that, they have to try and, you know, uh, you know, drum up drama. You know, they have to be muckrakers, right? You know, so that's why they're, you know, they they're constantly looking for something to be offended about because then they can post on Twitter that they were offended and maybe get retweets, right? There's a name for these people. They're called busybodies. Yeah, there <laughs> you go, bud. <laughs> but yeah, um, speaking of which, our other guest just walked in so we're now currently welcoming my man jp cower he's partaking with us and i believe he's a saved by the bell fan too is that right not really <laughs> i i've uh, uh i watched it as a kid kid but i haven't seen many episodes so uh, like like i don't know i'm getting older so i kind of forget more than i remember so I remember what Zach and all them, right? What's the uh, principal's name? Mr. Belding. Funny enough, yeah. yeah, we were talking about him earlier about how he put on a lot of weight, but and he's trying to get into stand up himself right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's been at it for a couple of years because I, I was I left six years ago, and that writing gig was uh, before that. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, in Troy, you said you're still in touch with him, right? We're, we're Facebook friends, and I talked to him once in a while on Messenger, and I ran into him at the reunion uh, a couple years ago at the Mac. And uh, here's some fair warning. i got like seven minutes left before i got to get back to the work, okay? So if there's anything else you want to talk about, let's squeeze it into seven minutes. Um, I guess right now I'll let JP ask the questions because he's a newcomer, so... JP fire away. All right, what 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 do you what are you currently doing now? I'm sitting in my car. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I figured as much, but like uh with at, you know it's interesting cuz like I am pretty sure a lot of productions are down now. So if you were still acting, you kind of got sidetracked with everything that's going on in the world, correct? All right. Uh, yeah. Right now currently uh last year I filmed in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, a movie called The Stalker. It just found distribution, and it should be on platforms very soon, Netflix, Voodoo, whatever. So I'm pr promoting that, a co-star in it. Please look out for The Stalker. Please uh, join me on YouTube, everyone, Facebook, everyone, Instagram, everyone. Check out my video I made last night called Happy Purge of July. And uh, I'm doing some auditions here and there uh, via video. I did an uh, audition for a Brad Pitt movie that's supposed to be for next year, so maybe they'll... They'll, you know, they'll side swipe me later and I'll hear that I got it or something. But, you know, I'm doing as much as I can possibly do during all this shit. Right. Right. I figure, uh, like, a lot of us, like, uh, uh, I'm a comedian myself, so I, I actually started a podcast, um, started interviewing as many people. And, and 
and uh, it's nice that you reach out uh, and uh, join this podcast. So appreciate it. Oh yeah, Troy's a fucking man. Um, but yeah, he uh, he he and Dustin Diamond were the two funniest ones on the show. Oh okay. Yeah, I, I looked him up a little bit. Yeah, so he was the big guy, right? Yep, the big, the big blonde guy. And in another episode, he played a cigarette smoker who they mistook as an angry stoner, which is an oxymoron. Yes. I was wearing the Slayer shirt. The leather jacket, that was all mine. But yeah, there's one part when... After they realize it wasn't his joint, they're like, oh, sorry for accusing you of smoking weed. We just figured by your thuggish exterior that you would do something like that. I'm like, again, oxymoron. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, when you're high, you're too lazy to want to fight anybody. Well, Troy, I, I know you said you're uh, you're short on time, but um, but yeah, like I said, if you you ever come out here on vacation or something, man, please uh, uh, let me know, man. I'm a, I consider myself something of a foodie, uh, and I love nothing better than to take people from out of town around and show them, you know, a lot of the hidden hot spots, uh, places to dine. You know, there's one in Coral Springs. If you like, you into heavy metal, or were you uh, as a kid? I'm more of an alternative music kind of guy. I do like heavy, some heavy metal. Well, I, I, you know, I grew up when I was a kid. I, I'm not into it anymore, but when I was a kid, I used to idolize Iron Maiden, Scorpions, right? Well, uh, the drummer from Iron Maiden has a little restaurant out in Coral Springs. It blows my mind that nobody knows about it. It's a small barbecue place. The food is excellent. The prices are very reasonable. And he shows up sometimes. He'll give him prompt-do concerts. He'll play the drums and stuff. They have actual tour merchandise lining the walls. This is right here in South Florida in a small little city called Coral Springs. A lot of cool stuff to see in Florida. I, I, I can't take that away from it. Uh, you can go hunting in Central Florida. You can, you know, uh, spearfish, uh, all kinds. Anything you want to do, you can find it here. A mugging, you can see. <laughs> you can try to catch a live mugging, whatever. I mean, we got it all. Yeah, a lot of mugging, a lot of gators, a lot of pedophilia. <laughs> Any, anything you could possibly want like that, we have. We have the meth gators now, right? Yeah, we've got... <laughs> And a lot. Oh, so say what? What did you say? The pedophiles are feet to the crocodiles. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Train them to bite the dick off. They eat the whole, the whole thing. The whole pedophile guy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what's it called? Um. Hopefully, at least the pedophiles down here aren't quite as ugly as Michael Jackson was. MJ looks like a fucking alien, literally. <laughs> I visit a pedophile once every other week. Yeah, she gets her feet done by a by the file. <laughs> but yeah, were you a Michael Jackson fan? Did you ever listen to his music? A little bit. What What did you think of him? I like it. Some of his music is very talented. What, what can I say? Uh, yeah. I, I, it wasn't a team, really. Uh, my, my, my music was like Devo. My favorite all-time band is Wall of Voodoo. And this is where I'm going. But, Wall, Wall of Voodoo? Wow, I, I haven't even heard of that. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. That's my favorite all-time band. You know the song Mexican Radio? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah, just, oh. be on, just be a fan of Stan Ridgeway. 
and Wall of Voodoo and and the, the the newer Wall of Voodoo, but that's all gone now. But that's that's my my time. That's my favorite kind of music. Awesome. Bro. Yeah, nice. I'll admit that I'm a sucker for '80s, '90s, and early 2000s hip hop. I used to yeah. grew up on guys like DMX. Tupac, Eminem, um, Public Enemy, all of them. Were, were you a fan I, I, of any of the rappers from your time, like the 80s? I, I liked 1MPC. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I liked, there's a, there's a, uh, a radio station out here called KROQ. And uh, that was my big, my my high school uh, radio station. And they played all the cool new wave alternative kind of music, and that's what I was really into. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan myself. That's that's my favorite. Nirvana, Foo you know, Fighters, I, Pumpkins. I didn't, you know, at the time I was in the Fomus delivery van in the San Fernando Valley, and I delivered to this house, and it was um, what, what's his face, Dave Navarro. I didn't know who he was at the time. That's Megadeth. Yeah, Megadeth. No, no, Dave Navarro is the guitar player for oh. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, at that time. From, uh, Originally from yeah. uh, Jane's Addiction. Yep. Yeah, he's the Foo Fighters, isn't he? No, Dave Grohl is Foo Fighters. Oh. Dave, Dave Navarro is a little bit darker features, real handsome fellow, married to, um, to Carmen Electra. Or was married to her? Or maybe not anymore, oh. but he was for a time. But Dave Navarro, what bands was he involved in then? He started out in Jane's Addiction way back in like late late eighties, yeah. uh, and then he he worked his way into the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I knew the drummer uh, Stephen something. He came into our restaurant. So then Stephen ordered food, and Dave Navarro. I recognized him at the time because I already knew about Jane's Addiction. So he's all um, I'm a, I was listening to a band out loud when I was delivering the food called the Transplants. And I go, this is a transplant. They're my favorite. And then Dave Navarro says, what do you think of Jane's addiction? I said, yeah, they're all right, too. And they <laughs> drove off. And I, Dave Navarro. And I just said he was just all right. <laughs> See, that's funny, man. We, we, you know, we, we all have those those moments. Uh, you know, I, I, I met um, Diane Lane, who I've always said I've had a crush on for decades. Uh, and I, I was bartending at a party and she came up and I made her a drink and she was just so um, like disinterested. And, and it just, it really turned, it broke my heart, man. I thought for sure, you know, I was like, we're going to fall in love. We're going to, you know, this was meant to be. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a friend that's a, uh, um, he, um, I met him through my daughter, my daughter's best friend, uh, her, her dad, he's a, uh, retired baseball player he pitched in a world series for the yankees i mean he's like a real and i had no idea who the guy was and i was just like because i've never been a baseball guy and uh you know you run into those people all the time you just don't know who you run into and stuff like that yeah that that happened to me with um troy i don't know if you've ever seen that show on animal planet called gator boys no i know i know i never watched that one <laughs> but yeah, what's it called? Um, the Gator Boys crew, they all live down here. They're South Florida based. And I only knew them as my karaoke buddies at this place <laughs> I would go to every week. But um, 
I had no idea till like four years of knowing them as my bar buddies that they were famous. I then one night a couple of my friends see me talking to them. They're like, How do you know the Gator Boys? I'm like, Who? And they're like, The guys you were talking to all night. I'm like, Why are they called that? Did they go to the University of Florida, Florida Gators? And they're like, No, they're a TV show. And I'm like, What are you talking about? And that's when my friend showed me their show and everything. I'm like, holy shit, I had absolutely no idea. I'm like, this whole time I um, was talking to and seeing these guys who I thought were just simply my karaoke buddies. <laughs> you try to get on their show? Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't be caught dead trying to do some of the stunts they do. They... <laughs> Yeah, they like wrestle wrestle with alligators. Well, and actually, Dan would be caught dead. Actually, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm uh, let's say goodbye. Uh, please pump uh, my movie the stalker, and uh, and I love you guys. Thanks for talking to me and everything. Oh yeah, hey, nice work. meeting you, Troy. Yeah, the pleasure was all ours. Um particularly mine being a huge diehard Saved by the Bell fan and given the fact that you were literally like my favorite of the side characters, either you or Mr. Tuttle, the teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know, my favorite character is Max. Uh, oh. Max the nerd. Oh, yeah. yeah, I loved Max, too. Um, Do you have a favorite episode? My favorite episode would probably be the drinking and driving. Oh yeah, that one, the one where Zach proved to be a complete lightweight, got into a collision from like two or three beers. <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to teach kids a lesson, you know. Yeah, well, to me it was almost like Zach tried to blame the beers for the fact that he was a really shitty driver. <laughs> okay, mate, I gotta go. Really, my uh, my my wife's looking at me through the door. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, ho uh, you'll have to let us know next time how badly she chewed you out. <laughs> but check out my video. Got it. The Def stalker. The stalker will do. <laughs> Are you the stalker? <laughs> you want, I'm. I'm one of the um suspects. Oh, okay. Maybe you are. Okay. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> You'll have to watch it and find out. And it's only a freaking hour long. Okay. And if you have the link, send it to us if you can. The movie is... is, is uh, when it comes uh, out on platform, we'll look for it. Right. Do that. And watch my 4th of July video I made last night. Yeah, that I'll definitely do. I'm sure it's a riot. <laughs> All right. It's funny a little bit. Okay, I love you guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah, sorry you missed most of it. Look, okay, I went up north to meet Marissa. You know Marissa? Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. She's my girlfriend, so oh, really? I went to meet her for lunch, and then our, we ended up having a dumb waiter, which... <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, a little slow. Everything. The nausea crew, I would say... What... It, it, um, what, what is the nausea crew? The, the nostalgic 
Oh, my bad. <laughs> but yeah, with it being the pandemic and, and everything, I thought, yeah, it was hard to tell. But yeah, um, another guy is going to join us in a couple of minutes. But yeah, he's running a bit late. But yeah, I just hit record. So um, without further ado, welcome y'all tuning in to another episode of Vanilla Weiss and the Nostalgic Nerds. And today we have three very special guests, one of them's running a little late, but returning for another episode, back from last episode, the famous Troy Froman. Those of you who grew up in the 90s or late 80s will remember him as Ox from Saved by the Bell, the hilarious, the absolutely hilarious blonde jock and he also was the thuggish guy who was caught smoking, or almost got caught smoking weed in the bathroom. <laughs> when, when smoking weed, it was just a cigarette. Yeah. Well, um, Slater shouldn't have added the word too when he said, um, this can kill you too. Because <laughs> only one of those two kills somebody, kills people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to do that. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. So, uh, what, what you guys doing the fourth last night? Oh man, I, I I adhered to uh to every guideline, man. I am uh, forty four years old. I have elderly parents I look after, so I I just can't take any risk. You know, I work with kids too, so I got to look after them. Uh, so I I stay at home. I had a little little something something, you know, a little drink, a little smoke. Uh, I went outside, swam in my pool, and I got to watch a free fireworks show. How about you? I, mean, I wish I was in your pool. But anyway, my wife and I, we got we closed the restaurant early at 5. We went home until waited for the sun to set. And we took our edibles. Nice. And, uh, and did you catch the video I made on the way, the way I was exiting my house? Oh, no. You got to post it for me. Yeah, I'd love to check it out. I posted it last night. It's, a, it's called Happy Purge of July. But yeah, I'll, I'll ch is it on your page? I'll check it out. It's on my Facebook page, and I guess you were not following me because you would have saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I wasn't really on the internet all of yesterday. <laughs> anyway, check it out. It's just like 30 seconds long. It's something I invented in my head real quick, but my best ideas are when I'm stoned. Hey, so, let me ask you guys, how, how did you, uh, how did you uh, meet? How did you uh, get to know about each other? On a Saved by the Bell fan club page on Facebook. Ah, cool. Yeah, I saw... Okay. Hmm? Oh, we're not talking about the gay bar? The <laughs> <laughs> now, he specifically told me not to mention that. You blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, so go ahead if you want to finish, and I'll, I'll say something. Alrighty. But yeah, so what I was going to say, what's it called, is um, the way how he and I got connected was I saw you um, make a comment about the actress who played Tori saying, like, she was really nice to work with on the show. And so I'm like, wait, which cast member is this? And then I looked on his page and I'm like, holy shit, that's Ox. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Chris here 
is um that familiar with the show? Oh, you said you did watch it sometime. So I, I, I did, but um, I you know honestly can't say I remember more more than any any anything. I just remember a few of the the, the highlights, like the the diet pills episode or um, Elizabeth uh, Berkeley, isn't it? Going on to do that terrible yeah. film that tanked her career. Oh I, yeah, Showgirls. Although um. That movie may have been terrible, but it was iconic in the sense that it's a movie that everybody instantly thinks of when they think of her. You, you know, I, I have to say, it, it's it's a shame because Hollywood is a, is a cruel mistress because, you know, Miley Cyrus essentially did the exact same thing. She t- turned into trash and her career blew up for it. And then somebody else takes a risky move and it, you know, it's, it somehow submarines the rest of their career. It's just, you really can't predict anything uh when you're an entertainer about what you know how your decisions are going to affect your long-term careers yeah glad you told him troy was thinking of making a porno himself what uh, i was saying yeah um i'm glad that chris just gave you that advice right now um yeah troy here was probably going to make a porno himself otherwise <laughs> I, I don't think so unless i got out already so we got stoned and we got in the car and you know there's no legal stuff anywhere so we just start following the, the explosions in the sky and brought us to downtown Culver City which is about a mile from our place and we found a street where they were just launching them off like illegally like, <laughs> like it was a war but was everywhere it was like one of the best shows you know better than going to a, a legal one it was just awesome. So some guy had a, what I found, you know what an F-1000 is? An F-1000? Uh, I can't say I do. Is that like a, spe- a special firework? It's an M-1000. It's like, you oh, know M- an M-80? Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, my God. Is yeah. it really like, what, more than 10 times more powerful? Yeah, well, we're sitting there watching the explosions, and all of a sudden, this big thing goes off. I thought it was a grenade. It shook our car and set off <laughs> down the street. I mean, it gave us a heart attack. And then this big, fat, white guy, he will picture me, but ten times bigger and drunk. He goes, Craig Eric, did you hear that M1000 go off? <laughs> and that's how I learned what an M1000 was. Uh, H, uh, Troy, right? Yeah. Troy, did you happen to, to catch in, in the, um, in Yahoo news this morning? I read that there was like an entire apartment complex caught fire because of some people's illegal fireworks so, somewhere in SoCal. Did you read about that? Somewhere. I, in, I saw, saw the news and it was in Northridge. Northridge. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely no shortage of craziness in LA from what I've, he- I've heard over the years. Yeah. LA is a city where like, anything's possible in terms of what you may see. <laughs> uh, Troy, tr- yeah. did you live anywhere where else uh, before you, you moved to L.A.? Say that again? Uh, did, did you live anywhere else before you were uh, living in, in L.A.? Um, I was born in, in Encino, in the Valley, and okay. I grew up in Northridge, went to Granada Hills High, and my wife and I recently, uh, well, about 23 years ago, moved to West L.A., and we moved just in time because the Northridge earthquake hit, and our apartment was like the epicenter. And the, the apartment kitty cornered to ours, caved in, and killed like 16 people. Oh my God. And our apartment, the car ports fell in and crushed all the cars. So yeah. we kind of moved out of there just in time. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I was a little, I think, a little too young to, to really, you know, know what was going on on the other side of the country. I, gr- I grew up here in South Florida. Uh, but now, as an adult, the more I come to learn about this Northridge quake, I mean, my mind is, is literally blown. I mean, people still talk about it like it happened five years ago because of how, how grave it was, how serious it was. Yeah, I remember waking up in West LA with my wife, and she goes, "That's it, we're moving back to Northridge." She had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, so, so the, I, but yeah, no. you you were born and raised in the LA area, right? Yes, yes, uh, San Fernando Valley. But yeah, I love I love how you said um when you moved to LA, the only place this guy moved from was a vagina. No, I, I, what I what I should have said is, is when you move to your current location. That's actually what I meant. Uh, but I just say that because uh, you know, like I said, I grew up here in South Florida, where now it's you know it's it's pretty uh, robust. You know, there's a, a, a constant influx of, of new people. It's it's very you know population dense now. But when I grew up here, man, I mean, South Florida were, was the end of the the earth. It was where civilization ended and the, the Everglades began. So it's kind of a weird thing when I moved to LA in 2004 to be in a place that like the development never ends. You know, the, the you know, here you can jump on a freeway, drive an hour and you'll, you'll be in, you know, the Everglades somewhere, somewhere completely remote, but in LA, it's just one city after another. So it's, it's pretty remarkable. You know, it's like, you can't uh, escape uh, construction. You can't escape population there. Like you can't here unless you go into the desert, I suppose. The Florida is like very humid, right? Like a like a sweaty vagina. Then oh, it's yeah, it's awful, man. Yeah, that you could the second you walk outside in like the middle of July or August, you're instantly going to be sticking to your t-shirt. <laughs> I, well, my underwear sticks to me. That's for another reason. At <laughs> well, uh, uh, if at night, uh, you know, you guys have that great thing, man. Where one, once the sun sets, you can actually count on it to cool off a bit here. Uh, you know, sometimes you're like, it's 10 o'clock at night. How am I still, how is it this hot? How is the int- the humidity this intense when there's not even a sun in the sky? It, it, it drives a man crazy. Yeah, my wife and I vacationed in uh, Florida. We took a few days there. And, and I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it was kind of miserable a little bit. But we had fun because <laughs> we were drunk. And we were jacuzzi in the hotel bar in the jacuzzi. And we had a good time there. Which um, city did you guys go to? Huh? What city in Florida did you guys go to? I'm imagining it was Orlando because we we went to that universal place. Yeah, that was definitely Orlando then. I got some good news, and then I got some bad news, and I got even worse news. So, my Start start with the bad news, go to the worst, and then the good. <laughs> but the joke's not going to work that way. Okay, all right. <laughs> the good news, I just tested. I was just tested for the um, you know, the COVID, and it came out negative. Nice. The bad news, the bad news is that they told me I'm pregnant. The worst news is you don't know who the father is. <laughs> <laughs> no, the worst. Preach. The worst news is that he doesn't have the money to get an abortion. He <laughs> go camping, and I said, well, um, and then I go, maybe. He goes, well, if you get drunk and you wake up and your pants are down, would you tell anybody? I said, no. He goes, well, let's go camping. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, uh, uh, hey, uh, Troy, I, I do promise to uh, make it a point here to see uh, see if I can't uh, see some of your work on Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just, you know, too many years have passed and my memories on what it used to be. But um, like I said, I only remember a few things. I, I, uh, you and I have a tangential connection, though, a very tenuous tangential connection. Um, many years ago, shortly before I left, I left in 2014, a friend of mine uh, tried to hook me up with a job uh, ghostwriting stand-up comedy for Mr. Belding. Who was, I guess, trying to, to break into that market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did you? I, it, no, I, for some reason or other, we just couldn't get it. She recommended me, but the people, you know, when those people all call you and they just never got around to calling me. I did uh, I did do some writing while I was out there, but unfortunately, that wasn't a part of it. It was really cool seeing him after all those years at the reunion we had at the Max in uh, Hollywood. Was he uh, heavy when you saw him? You know, if, if you go back to my my portfolio on Facebook or whatever, he wasn't. He he lost some weight. I saw one picture where he was really heavy, and then he lost weight. I was sitting next to him. We were signing photographs together and pictures together. It was a really awesome experience. Um, some of them weren't there, but a lot of them were there. I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, reunions are always really fun. I hear um, I hear that. It's it's like a blast from the past for cast members who for who are child starters and particularly since those are people they grew up with and everything. And for two hours, I felt like a a, a big time star. So, you know, the people come in. And, oh, Ox, Ox, the picture with Ox, uh, an autograph with Ox. It was really cool. I felt like uh, you know, like one of the main characters, even though I was only on nine episodes. Have you can? But you said you've considered doing stand up, right? That's something I think you, based on how good you were with your timing on the show, I think you would be very good at stand up. Yeah, I mentioned that you know I was toying with the idea, but I don't know if I could just. I don't know. I've never tried it. Maybe one day. Right now, I'm too busy. Maybe one day, yes. But right now, I'm too busy trying to keep this restaurant alive. You know. Well, uh, if you don't mind me asking, Troy, maybe maybe Dan knows. I, I don't. Uh, tell tell me about this this restaurant. What what? Um, I mean, is it something? It sounds like something you, you're you're newly into. It, no, it's our family restaurant. It's been for years. The generation uh, it started in uh, Cleveland with my grandpa, and then my dad is the you know he's the business genius. I'm Mister Dumbass. But anyway, oh, oh but, but your struggles are, are what COVID related? Because it sounds like you're you've been putting in a lot of time and effort. That's that's the impression I got. And they Yes, they closed down our dining room, so we only have pickup and, and deliveries. So it's, you know, we're only making a third of what we were before, basically. So we're struggling. We got the go we got a government loan, but you have to uh, follow special rules about it. Give employees money while they're sitting at home, things like that. But it's looking positive. We're going to, we'll probably uh, make it, and that's a struggle. Yeah, I know. Um, It sucks the whole pandemic has done a Ron Jeremy to all of us. It's fucked everybody. <laughs> yeah. The acting and, the, and auditions for me and whatever it is for you also. Yeah, for us it was being able to perform at shows and open mics and stuff and not to mention the fact there's no concerts or even like baseball games or anything right now. Yeah, and then yeah, the, the fucking riots didn't help. All those people, uh, uh, you know, you know, sardines in the street, and then the people, the younger crowd being all waxed and 
walking around without masks is just not helping. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's frightening, man. You know, um, I, I live here in Florida, and they said, you know, yesterday we we set a new record with the reported cases, and then today we beat that record with the the reported cases. So literally, from one day to the next, we're breaking our record from the previous day. Uh, I just read something about in Texas, man, and they really have it in their heads that um, this is some kind of a, like political issue or left wing conspiracy, and that they're somehow sticking it to the libs by not cooperating by refusing to wear a mask. Um, you know, so that, that's a scary thing that you have people that are willi literally willing to burn themselves to the ground to prove a point that really doesn't mean a whole lot of anything. Well, the shit is real, and I'll tell you why. My dad got it. My my brother got it. My brother-in-law got it. They both they thought they were all going to die. Jesus. They, they were miserable. They thought they were going to absolutely die. So I could get tested, and I'm negative. My wife's negative. Uh, the only good thing about the mess is because of the mask, you don't have to see all the ugly people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, one of the jokes I use, I go, the whole world's turned into a bunch of Palestinian chicks. It's now illegal to to show your face in public. <laughs> you, you know, something interesting, since uh, Dan just mentioned that, I, I actually had a chance for a while. I was traveling to the Middle East with, with some regularity. And, uh, you know, it's really different from country to country, the rules on, um, on, on where, you know, covering your face. So you'll meet a lot of females that do wear that, uh, you know, cover their faces, but it's, it's a choice. It's, it's their choice to practice their, you know, their particular interpretation of, of their faith. Um, but I did meet a girl and I asked her once, I said, so, you know, you, you, you have friends that have never seen you without, yeah. And she said, yeah, I mean, people she's grown up with friends she went to school with that have never seen her face outside of the, um, you know, the, the thing that kind of resembles like a ninja slit. She, you know, she wore like the, the full face mask, you know? Um, I just thought that was really interesting because you looked like she was probably a pretty girl underneath it. You know, I just thought that was a real culture shock. Yeah, I've always wondered um, in any stores there, do they have surveillance cameras in the Middle East? Because <laughs> surveillance cameras would be pointless there. You can't see the person anyway. That's funny. Yeah. Stop, stop the lady in black. It's, there's 13 of them in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, can you describe the suspect? Um, they had brown eyes <laughs> and they sounded and yeah. brown skin, brown eyes. <laughs> yeah. And they had tits. So they were probably a woman, but who knows? Yeah, that's funny. But you know, with the high tech equipment now and the facial recognition, I think they can get past that. No, you, you're correct. You know, they say the single, uh, most, um, uh, damning or effective, whatever you want to call it, a uh, feature of facial recognition is the space and the symmetry of your eyes. So even if you cover everything else up, if you leave your eyes open, uh, you're still giving it its best uh, in. And so if you really want to confound facial recognition technology, uh, sunglasses are probably the most effective thing you can do. Wow. Hey, when those chicks give you a head, do they cut a hole in that, in that mask? <laughs> I will tell you a funny story. One of the countries I was in, you know, I was kind of being escorted by these, you know, young, young bucks, these, you know, military studs. And, you know, we, you know, we got to know each other and we, like men do, we got, we started conversing about, you know, male, female relations. And he did say that some of these girls are not as pious as they pretend to be. You know, he talked about, you know, having hookups where a girl would show up on his door you know, covered head to toe in, 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 you know, Islamic fundamentalist garb. But then once, she, once the door was closed, all that stuff came off and she became a girl like any other, you know? Nice. <laughs>
But yeah, um, uh, what, how much would it suck nowadays in terms of getting laid if a chick who was dirty down there also had corona, so you fuck her once and you got like three diseases in one? You've got hepatitis, herpes, and corona? It's a cornucopia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the worst cornucopia I've ever heard of, you know? <laughs> But hey, uh, let me ask you about the restaurant because, um, uh, you know, I, I usually uh, visit the West Coast um, at least once, maybe even twice a year. Um, and and I, I desperately need a vacation because I was supposed to go, you know, in the last month or two, go to Las Vegas. Um, but for obvious reasons, I haven't been traveling. But when I do go back, I might like to take a good two, three weeks, maybe get over to L.A. again. Uh, what's, what's your place? It's Fuller's Deli. It's, uh, we're in Santa Monica. Close to the pier, which if you're, you know, sightseeing, the pier is a great place to go. Yeah, considering if it's open when you when you're here right now, it's closed down. The beaches are closed. It's not much, you know. The, the only dining you could do right now, we were open for three weeks, then they closed us down again, unless you have outside seating. So we're seriously considering putting some tables outside in you know, the parking lot and stuff. It, it, I'm uh, sure you're going through a lot of the same stuff that we're going here. I, you know, I w- went into a, a place that serves beer and pizza. I was just going to you know, park up at the bar, have a drink. Um, and I, I took my mask off because I didn't see anyone else wearing one. And I said, Wait, I'm going to need to eat something, drink something, right? Well, they, they told me, I said, sir, can you, you know, would you mind wearing a mask? I said, yeah, no, no problem. I took it off because nobody else is wearing one. And she said, oh, it's because they're eating because they're seated. Then you can take the mask off. But if you're literally walking down the aisle, like on the way to the bathroom or something, you have to cover your face. <laughs> yes, that's the rule. I know it's ridiculous. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't confuse really ugly people. Imagine them walking in um, without a mask and thinking their face is their ass, so they stick it in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so let me tell you something. Uh, I, I bought at the Bank of America, so you got to wait in the fucking line, you know, six feet apart, right? So they let you in, and they, uh, they, uh, I say, I want to just use the ATM. Okay, yeah, go in the ATM line. So everyone going to the ATM is pushing the buttons. The same, and they don't even clean them. So everybody's <laughs> touching the same button. I mean, what the hell? They get, you know, they're doing all these rules, but then, they, you know, you're going to get shit anyway off these keyboards. So when I get to the car, I, I put the shit on my hands just in case and rub it around my face and my lips and just in case, you know. I started getting addicted. I'm drinking it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I I almost feel the same way. I, I try and stay positive about this and 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 not you know focus on the negative. But uh, I heard from a friend that my gym had opened up, uh, LA Fitness, after like months of being closed. So I go in there a couple days ago, and they t- they they take your temperature, uh, they make you wear a mask. But once you get in and you're working out, you don't have to wear the mask anymore. So there's people huffing and puffing, sweating all over the equipment. You're supposed to wipe it down, but obviously there's no way to enforce that. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. And worse than that, they closed down uh, for distancing. They closed down like every other machine, right? But now that just means that there's fewer machines and more people crowding around each available machine to wait for it. So, you know, I, I just, I, I think this whole thing is honestly a hoax. Uh, and really the best thing you can do is make a decision. Am I going to hold up in my house for the next year or am I just going to go out there and roll the dice, you know? Yeah. Um I- I wonder what we, we we would all be doing, and let's say it was like the mid-90s before we had all this 
technology and the internet, what do you think you would be doing to occupy your time? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, during this whole social quarantine for me, in a way, it wouldn't be so bad because... 90s entertainment like TV and movies were way better, so I would probably just spend the day watching TV or movies. And we'd all be playing Atari 2600. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably just have a Save by the Bell marathon all day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What else? What else? But... Yeah, what's it called? Um, so did uh, so. How was it with working with the rest of the cast on that show? Where uh, they seem like they'd be a good group of people. I hope they were. Everybody was fantastic. Everybody was great. I never had a problem with with anybody. You know, I I made the director mad uh, once. Uh, uh, I, with, you know, the graduation singing. We're wearing the pink shirts and the ties, and we're singing about our school or whatever. Oh, yeah, the new school song episode, right? That was the one where Zach yeah. tried to fix the competition. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, um, I, was, I didn't feel like singing, so I was mouthing the words. And then uh, the director comes up to me and goes, Are you singing or are you mouthing the words? You know, I, I, I also, I, I'm not a good singer, I'm just mouthing it. He goes, You're an actor, so start acting. <laughs> and I started. <laughs> is, is it bad that I, I still remember the exact words to that song? <laughs> no, not if you're gay, but anyway. Um, <laughs> well, um, I'm a switch hitter. Does that count? <laughs> I'm just playing around. I, I think it's sweet that you remember it because it's part of your youth. Me, I couldn't remember it at all right now. You know, I wasn't into the song, but I, I just see from your point of view how special it would be to you, and I'm not joking around. I, I understand. Yeah, but yeah, what's, well, if I'm not mistaken, that was the last recorded episode of the high school years, right? Um, Because, um, what's it called? They showed the graduation one after that one, but I think, didn't they film the last, the school song one last? That was my last episode. <laughs> hey, Troy, I, I'm always curious about this. Whenever somebody, you know, gets into something memorable like like this role, uh, did you know when you auditioned for it that it was going to be, uh, you know, like a, a recurring? You know, did uh, did did you think much of it? Did you, you know, because I know when I was an actor in LA, sometimes I'd read the breakdown and I'd go like, you know, this isn't for me, and and I'd kind of go in half heartedly, and then sometimes I'd be surprised that I that I was, you know, called for for a callback, and then other times I'd give a hundred percent. And when I didn't get that call back, I'd almost want to harass my agent and tell him, you know, something was wrong. They Certainly they picked me. They had to, right? Oh, man. Uh, what shows were you on? Uh, well, the, the best I ever did in my 10 years there is a, a hidden camera show called Socially Offensive Behavior. It was on uh, BET. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'll try not to bore you with the details. But long story short, I, was, I, I went to a place where they, they had an open mic, right? Uh, it's no longer, it may not even be there anymore. The Westwood, uh, the Westwood brewery in Westwood. 
Uh, maybe, I don't know. Well, well, they used to have this neat kind of like third level, like like an attic almost, and they used to do stand-up there a couple nights a week. So I showed up to get some time. Unbeknownst to me, they canceled the mic, and they had a private show where stand-ups were auditioning for the producers of a hidden camera show. Um, so I, I, I literally uh, used uh, deception to get on that stage. I, I made it appear like I was supposed to be there. And I did a set. The set went well, and they ended up, you know, calling me in. I did a couple more auditions, and I and I got on the program. Nice. Now, going back to the answer that you wanted, uh, my my manager called me about the Scud thing, and I, I auditioned. And obviously, I got it. And then I got a call the next day or two later, saying they love you, but they don't like they don't want to put Scud in anymore. They're going to try you as a this character named Ox, a dumb jock. You have to go in there tomorrow morning and read a couple lines just to, just to get the okay that you're right for the job. So I went in there for the producers and the, and the casting director. I read a couple lines, and then they said, nah, you're in, you're in. You know, they, they didn't want to waste time. They, they did want me. I just had to prove that I could read a couple lines but like a dumb job. Yeah. So, I think... Yeah. yeah, I think Ox was seemed more like a stoner than Scud did. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's just stupid, that's all. But, yeah, after the first episode, they liked me so much, they, they kept writing me in. So nice. It, uh, so I, back then, there was no digital, uh, here's your script on your phone. They had a courier, I don't know how the hell he got into my apartment complex every time. <laughs> but he, he was like a ninja. There'd be a script <laughs> on my doorstep. And I was upstairs in like apartment 16 up there. And every time I came home from the deli, there's a script on my door with revisions. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. That's that's great to hear that that's, you know, maybe uh, it, it so it turned into something bigger even than what you were expecting when you initially booked the role, right? Right. And even after I finished the whole thing, years later, it just started um, just going gangbusters of how popular that show got. Uh, so when I, when I joined Facebook... It's when everybody discovered me. Hey, Ox, where you been? Da, 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 da. So basically joining Facebook got me back into acting uh, with everybody's, um, you know, enthusiasm good and my family. And, yeah, good, uh, good for you, man. I, I had a friend say the people that appeared in that clip. So they had to kind of have a sit down with him about a movie that he was a small part of 30 years prior. It really is an amazing thing. You never know what you're, you know, how, how big something can become somewhere down the road. But yeah, in Save by the Bells, one of those shows that everybody's heard of, even the younger generations, um, they may not be familiar with it, but I'm sure if you mention the title, they've heard of it at least before. It's almost like something that would be on their Nick at Night right now. Right. Now, let me, before we go any further, the guy you're talking about, Joel, his name's Joel Weiss. That's him. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Now listen to me. I did a movie with him called Street Soldiers. We're both co-starring in the same movie. Ah. You can go to you get Street Soldiers. You can see us both. It's, it's a it's a great action movie with with kids and karate and against we're the bad guys. Me and Joel and the uh, uh, the Judas Priest and this guy named Jeff Rector. He's the leader. You're gonna see a lot of uh, faces in there, and it's a great movie. Uh, 1991, the same year I was doing the Save by the Bell. And Joel Weiss is great. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy, man. That's 
what a, you know, what a small world. I certainly never, never expected that to happen. But he did tell me what, you know, when we used to work together, because we had a, a goofy uh, kind of like a catering job and that's how we'd run into each other. Um, and, yeah. you know, he, he would tell me, he said, you know, I've, I've been acting, you know, since I was uh, real young. And he said he, he's been in something like 50 films in various capacities. So uh, I guess it makes sense that I would run into somebody who, who, who knows who he is or I much less starred with him. That's really cool. Okay, yeah, if it's on, on YouTube, no problem, because I, I know I, I don't have any uh, streaming channels or anything like that, but um, uh, if it's on YouTube, I shouldn't have any problem accessing it. Very cool. I just shared a link on it, like, a couple months ago. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that was a really fun movie. It's by, uh, the director's name was Lee Harry. He directed Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Oh, I remember that, with with Santa's arm is coming out of the chimney, and he has an axe in it. That was That's Silent, <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night, yeah. The footage from one, it says a filler for part two. Part two, it really wasn't that great, but but you know, what it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, work, and, work, work is work, and not everything has to be you know the, the wheel reinvented. And Joel Weiss was in uh, maybe one or two other movies I was in. If you look, um, if you go to IMDb and look at his credits compared to mine, you see a couple titles that of other stuff we were in together, but I didn't work the same day as him. Oh, yeah, I understand. It's called, I believe, um, Forgotten Heroes. Forgotten Heroes. Yeah. Let, let me let me yeah. a- ask you conversely. Uh, was there anything you did while you were out there that you ended up, uh, you know, r- regretting? Because I, I, you know, I always say like when you're young, you're, you're supposed to take any kind of work. But in this day and age, where people can cut clips and take things out of context and, and alter photographs. I'm not so sure if that's the right way to go anymore. Where, like, you know, to 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 do anything, you know, especially if you're in some kind of comedy skit that's lowbrow or tasteless, and then ten years down the road, somebody's going to come at you for supposedly using blackface or, you know, uh, something like that. Is there anything that maybe you, uh, you know, wish you hadn't done in hindsight? No, everything. No, no, I, no there's nothing come back to bite an ass like that. I mean, there's a movie called Fortress of America where I'm in. I'm in boxer shorts being spanked by a naked girl, but I don't, I don't really, because that was a great time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Cause I know that's not the case for me. Uh, I mean, in one case as a, as a favor to a friend, I partook in, in um, like a comedy sketch that they filmed and it was, uh, you know, I had no script. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And it, it, it's supposed to be sort of like a parody, a political parody, but it had a bunch of people, uh, you know, using like a racist rhetoric against Obama uh, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, while I was watching this unfold, I was seriously considering just literally walking out the door. Cause, cause I knew that it was something that one day might come back to haunt me. Yes, can we, uh, can we go just a little bit. Um, yeah. So that's just an example. You know, like I said, nowadays, um, you know, people, I, I'm sure you've heard about, you know, with Jimmy Kimmel, he did the, the Carl Malone sketch, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And now, now these, you know, people are trying to claim that he did blackface, which he didn't. He was, he did an impression of Carl Malone. It wasn't denigrating anyone's race. He wasn't, you know, playing off negative stereotypes. He just darkened himself to more closely resemble Carl Malone. People either are like, I mean, what, come on. What's with this Aunt Jemima? She's a pancake lady. I love her. Why is it getting rid of her? Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I think what what the problem is now we've kind of crossed the line uh, in, into excessiveness when people are taking offense that something that isn't even meant to be offensive, and you know, you have to work to make it offensive, or you have to assign it some, 
you know, some new meaning that it didn't have when it came out to make it offensive. I think a lot of it, probably half of it is, is just you know, slacktivism. It's people who want to feel good about themselves. They want to pretend they did something by posting something on Facebook or, you know, they want to make pretend that they matter, that their opinion matters. Uh, Cause if, if, it, if they really felt that way, they'd be out in the street, they'd be picketing, they'd be volunteering. There's a lot of things you can do to actually make the world a better place. And just, you know, uh, going after, you know, people for mistakes they made when they were 20 may, may not be the most effective one. Well, that, but also, but also the fact that what's it called? I feel like the PC errors naturally made people much angrier. So now they're already in a bad mood and they're looking for a reason to be like pissed off about something. Well, it makes them feel alive. This this thing with 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 uh, social media and the fact that people who are completely random can can get two million views off you know off of something they say has empowered people to to want to be important, to want to be uh, pseudo celebrities, right? And to do that, they have to try and you know uh, you know drum up drama. You know, they have to be muckrakers, right? You know, so that's why they you know they they're constantly looking for something to be offended about because then they can post on Twitter that they were offended and maybe get retweets, right? There's a name for these people. They're called busybodies. Yeah, there <laughs> you go, bud. <laughs> but yeah, um, speaking of which, our other guest just walked in. So we're now currently welcoming my man JP Cower. He's partaking with us, and I believe he's a Saved by the Bell fan too. Is that right? Not really. <laughs> I, I've uh, uh, I watched it as a kid, kid, but I haven't seen many episodes. So uh, like, like I don't know. I'm getting older, so I kind of forget more than I remember. So. I remember what Zach and all them, right? What's the uh, principal's name? Mr. Belding. Funny enough, yeah. yeah, we were talking about him earlier about how he put on a lot of weight, but and he's trying to get into stand up himself right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's been at it for a couple of years because I, I was I left six years ago, and that writing gig was uh, before that. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, in Troy, you said you're still in touch with him, right? Or we're Facebook friends, and I talked to him once in a while on Messenger, and I ran into him at the reunion uh, a couple years ago at the Mac. And uh, here's some fair warning. i got like seven minutes left before i got to get back to the work, okay? So if anything else you want to talk about, let's squeeze it into seven minutes. Um, I guess right now I'll let JP ask the questions because he's a newcomer, so... JP Fire away. All right, what 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 are you what are you currently doing now? I'm sitting in my car. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I figured as much, but like uh, with at, you know, it's interesting because like I, I'm pretty sure a lot of productions are down now. So if you were still acting, you kind of got sidetracked with everything that's going on in the world, correct? All right. Uh, yeah. Right now, currently, uh, last year I filmed in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, a movie called The Stalker. They just found distribution, and it should be on platforms very soon, Netflix, Voodoo, whatever. So I'm pr promoting that, a co-star in it. Please look out for The Stalker. Please uh, join me on YouTube, everyone, Facebook, everyone, Instagram, everyone. Check out my video I made last night called Happy Purge of July. And uh, I'm doing some auditions here and there uh, via video. I did an uh, audition for a Brad Pitt movie that's supposed to be for next year, so maybe they'll... They'll, you know, they'll sideswipe me later and I'll hear that I got it or something. 
but you know, I'm doing as much as I can possibly do during all this shit. Right. Right, I figure, uh, like a lot of us, like uh, us, I'm a comedian myself, so I, I actually started a podcast, um, started interviewing as many people, and and, and uh, it's nice that you reach out uh, and uh, join this podcast, so appreciate it. Oh yeah, Troy's a fucking man, um, but yeah, he, uh, he, he and Dustin Diamond were the two funniest ones on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I looked him up a little bit. Yeah, so he was the big guy, right? Yep, the big, the big blonde guy. And in another episode, he played a cigarette smoker who they mistook as an angry stoner, which is an oxymoron. Yes. I was wearing the Slayer shirt. The leather jacket, that was all mine. But yeah, there's one part when... After they realize it wasn't his joint, they're like, oh, sorry for accusing you of smoking weed. We just figured by your thuggish exterior that you would do something like that. I'm like, again, oxymoron. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, when you're high, you're too lazy to want to fight anybody. Well, Troy, I, I know you said you're uh, you're short on time, but um, but yeah, like I said, if you you, you ever come out here on vacation or something, man, please uh, uh, let me know, man. I'm a, I consider myself something of a foodie, uh, and I love nothing better than to take people from out of town around and show them, you know, a lot of the hidden hot spots, uh, places to dine. You know, there's one in Coral Springs. If you like, you into heavy metal, or were you uh, as a kid? I'm more of an alternative music kind of guy. I do like heavy, some heavy metal. Well, I, you know, I grew up when I was a kid. I'm not into it anymore, but when I was a kid, I used to idolize Iron Maiden, Scorpions, right? Well, uh, the drummer from Iron Maiden has a little restaurant out in Coral Springs. It blows my mind that nobody knows about it. It's a small barbecue place. The food is excellent. The prices are very reasonable. And he shows up sometimes. He'll give him prompt through concerts. He'll play the drums and stuff. They have actual tour merchandise lining the walls. This is right here in South Florida in a small little city called Coral Springs. A lot of cool stuff to see in Florida. I, I, I can't take that away from it. Uh, you can go hunting in Central Florida. You can, you know, uh, spearfish, uh, all kinds. Anything you want to do, you can find it here. A mugging, you can see. <laughs> you can try to catch a live mugging, whatever. I mean, we got it all. Yeah, a lot of mugging, a lot of gators, a lot of pedophilia. Any, <laughs> anything you could possibly want like that, we have. We have the meth gators now, right? Yeah, we've got... <laughs> Murder hornets. <laughs> and a lot. Pedophiles. Oh, so say what? What did you say? The pedophiles are feed to the crocodiles. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Train them to bite the dick off. They eat the whole thing. The whole pedophile guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what's it called? Um. Hopefully, at least the pedophiles down here aren't quite as ugly as Michael Jackson was. MJ looks like a fucking alien, literally. <laughs> I visit a pedophile once every other week. Yeah, she gets her feet done by a by the file. <laughs> but yeah, were you a Michael Jackson fan? Did you ever listen to his music? A little bit. What What did you think of him? I like it. Some of his music is very talented. What, what can I say? Uh, yeah. I, it wasn't a team, really. Uh, my, my, my music was like Devo. My favorite all-time band is Wall of Voodoo. This is where I'm going. 
But, wall, wall of Voodoo. Wow, I, I haven't even heard of that. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. That's my favorite all-time band. You know the song Mexican Radio? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, wow, yeah, just wow. Be on, just be a fan of Stan Ridgeway and Wall of Voodoo and, and the, the, the newer Wall of Voodoo, but that's all gone now. But that's that's my, my time. That's my favorite kind of music. Awesome. Yeah, nice. I'll admit that I'm a sucker for 80s, 90s, and early 2000s hip-hop. I used to... Yeah. Grew up on guys like DMX, Tupac, Eminem, um, Public Enemy, all of them. Were, were you a fan I, I, of any of the rappers from your time, like the 80s? I, I liked One MPC and uh, uh, Public Enemy. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I liked, there's a, there's a, uh, a radio station out here called KROQ. And uh, that was my big, my my high school uh, radio station. And they played all the cool new wave alternative kind of music, and that's what I was really into. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan myself. That's that's my favorite. Nirvana, Foo you know, Fighters, I, Pumpkins. I didn't, you know, at the time I was in the Fomus delivery van in the San Fernando Valley, and I delivered to this house, and it was um, what, what's his face, Dave Navarro. I didn't know who he was at the time. That's Megadeth. Yeah, Megadeth. No, no, no. Dave Navarro is the guitar player for oh. Red Hot Chili. Peppers. Oh yeah, he, yeah. At that originally time, from, uh, originally from yeah. uh, Jane's Addiction. Yep. Yeah, he's the Foo Fighters, isn't he? No, Dave Grohl is Foo Fighters. Oh, Dave, Dave Navarro is a little bit darker features. Real handsome fellow, married to um to Carmen Electra, or was married to, or maybe not anymore, but he was for a time. But Dave Navarro, what bands was he involved in there? He started out in Jane's Addiction way back in like late late eighties, yeah. uh, and then he he worked his way into the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I knew the drummer uh, Stephen something. He came into our restaurant. So then Stephen ordered food, and Dave Navarro. I recognized him at the time because I already knew about Jane's Addiction. So he's all um, I'm a, I was listening to a band out loud when I was delivering the food called the Transplants. And I go, this is a transplant. They're my favorite. And then Dave Navarro says, what do you think of Jane's addiction? I said, yeah, they're all right, too. And they drove <laughs> off. And I, <laughs> Dave I just said he was just all right. <laughs> See, that's funny, man. We, we, you know, we, we all have those those moments. Uh, you know, I, I, I met um, Diane Lane, who I've always said I've had a crush on for decades. Uh, and I, I was bartending at a party and she came up and I made her a drink and she was just so um, like disinterested. And, and it just, it really turned, it broke my heart, man. I thought for sure, you know, I was like, we're going to fall in love. We're going to, you know, this was meant to be. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, uh, I have a friend that's a, uh, um, he, um, I met him through my daughter, my daughter's best friend, uh, her, her dad, he's a, uh, retired baseball player he pitched in a world series for the yankees i mean he's like a real and i had no idea who the guy was and i was just like because i've never been a baseball guy and uh you know you run into those people all the time you just don't know who you run into and stuff like that yeah that that happened to me with um troy i don't know if you've ever seen that show on animal planet called gator boys no i know i know i never watched that one (laughs) 
but yeah, what's it called? Um, the Gator Boys crew, they all live down here. They're South Florida based, and I only knew them as my karaoke buddies at this place <laughs> I would go to every week. But um, I had no idea till like four years of knowing them as my bar buddies that they were famous. I then one night, a couple of my friends see me talking to them. They're like, how do you know the Gator Boys? I'm like, who? And they're like, the guys you were talking to all night, I'm like, why are they called that? Did they go to the University of Florida, Florida Gators? And they're like, no, their TV show. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And that's when my friend showed me their show and everything. I'm like, holy shit, I had absolutely no idea. I'm like, this whole time I um was talking to and seeing these guys who I thought were just simply my karaoke buddies. <laughs> you try to get on the show? Uh, nah, I wouldn't be caught dead trying to do some of the stunts they do. They, <laughs> yeah, they like wrestle, wrestle with alligators. Well, and actually, Dan would be caught dead. Actually, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm uh, let's say goodbye. Uh, please, uh, my movie is Stalker. And, uh, and I love you guys. Thanks for talking to me and everything. Oh, yeah. Hey, nice meeting you, Troy. Yeah, the pleasure was all ours, um, particularly mine being a huge diehard Saved by the Bell fan. And given the fact that you were literally like my favorite of the side characters, either you or Mr. Tuttle, the teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know, my favorite character is Max. Uh, oh. Max the nerd. Up. Yeah. Yeah, I loved Max too. Um, do you have a favorite episode? My favorite episode would probably be the drinking and driving. Oh yeah, uh, that one—the one where Zach proved to be a complete lightweight, got into a collision from like two or three beers. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to teach kids a lesson, you know. Yeah, well, to me, it was almost like Zach tried to blame the beers for the fact that he was a really shitty driver. <laughs> okay, man, I gotta go, really, my uh, my my wife's looking at me through the door. Oh, like, shit. You your... <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, ho uh, You'll have to let us know next time how badly she chewed you out. <laughs> but check out my video. You got it. Def the stalker. The stalker will do. <laughs> Are you the stalker? <laughs> do you want, I'm, I'm one of the um, suspects. Oh, okay. Maybe you are. Okay. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> you have to watch it and find out. And it's only a freaking hour long. Okay. And if you have the link, send it to us if you can. The movie is... is uh, when it it's comes a, out on platform, we'll look for it. Right. Do that. And watch my 4th of July video I made last night. Yeah, that I'll definitely do. I'm sure it's a riot. <laughs> All right. It's, it's funny a little bit. Okay, I love you guys. Bye. Take Bye. Hey. Yeah, sorry you missed most of it. Look. Okay, I went up north to meet Marissa. You know Marissa? Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. She's my girlfriend. So oh, really? I went to meet her for lunch, and then our, we ended up having a dumb waiter, which <laughs> 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 it was like a little slow. Everything. Say the people that appeared in that clip 
So they had to kind of have a sit down with him about a movie that he was a small part of 30 years prior. It really is an amazing thing. You never know what you're, you know, how, how big something can become somewhere down the road. But yeah, in Save by the Bells, one of those shows that everybody's heard of, even the younger generations, um, they may not be familiar with it, but I'm sure if you mention the title, they've heard of it at least before. It's almost like something that would be on their Nick at night right now. Right. Now, let me, before we go any further, the guy you're talking about, Joel, his name's Joel Weiss. That's him. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Now, listen to me. I did a movie with him called Street Soldiers. We're both co-starring in the same movie. Ah. You can go to you get Street Soldiers. You can see us both. It's a it's a great action movie with with kids and karate and against we're the bad guys. Me and Joel and the uh, uh, the Judas Priest and this guy named Jeff Rector. He's the leader. You're gonna see a lot of uh, faces in there, and it's a great movie. Uh, 1991, the same year I was doing the Save by the Bell, and Joel Weiss is great. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy, man. That's what a you know what a small world. I certainly never. <laughs> Never expected that to happen, but he did tell me what, you know, when we used to work together, because we had a, a goofy uh, kind of like a catering job and that's how we'd run into each other. Um, and, yeah. you know, he, he would tell me, he said, you know, I've, I've been acting, you know, since I was uh, real young. And he said he, he's been in something like 50 films in various capacities. So uh, I guess it makes sense that I would run into somebody who, who, who knows who he is or I much less starred with him. That's really cool. Well, I, re- I really want you to uh, watch this movie, Street Soldiers. It's uh, look at YouTube. It's an hour and a half, and it's it's great. It's a great fun movie. Okay, yeah. If it's on on YouTube, no problem. Because I, I know I don't, I don't have any uh, streaming channels or anything like that. But um, uh, if it's on YouTube, I shouldn't have any problem accessing it. Very cool. I just shared a link on it like a couple months ago. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That was a really fun movie. It's by uh, the director's name was Lee Harry. He directed Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two. Oh, I remember that with with Santa's arm is coming out of the chimney as and he has an axe in it. That was Silent, <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. The footage from one it says a filler for part two. Part two it really wasn't that great, but but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, work, work, work is work, and not everything has to be you know the, the wheel reinvented. And Joel Weiss was in uh, maybe one or two other movies I was in. If you look um. Go to IMDb and look at his credits compared to mine. Let's see a couple titles that of other stuff we were in together, but I didn't work the same day as him. Oh, yeah, called, this called, I believe, um, Forgotten Heroes. Forgotten Heroes. Let, let me let me a- ask you conversely: uh, Was there anything you did while you were out there? that you ended up, uh, you know, regretting? Because I, I, you know, I always say like when you're young, you're, you're supposed to take any kind of work, but in this day and age where people can cut clips and take things out of context and, and alter photographs, I, I'm not so sure if that's the right way to go anymore. Where like, you know, to, 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 to do anything, you know, especially if you're in some kind of comedy skit that's lowbrow or tasteless, and then 10 years down the road, somebody's going to come at you for supposedly using blackface or, you know, uh, something like that. Is there anything that maybe you... Uh, you know, wish you hadn't done in hindsight? No, everything, no, no, I, no. There's nothing come back to biting an ass like that. I mean, there's a movie called Fortress of America where I'm in, I'm in boxer shorts being spanked by a naked girl, but I don't, I don't really, because that was a great time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that because I know that's not the case for me. Uh, I mean, in one case, as a, as a favor to a friend, I partook in, in a, like a comedy sketch that they filmed 
And it was, uh, you know, I had no script. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And it, it, it's supposed to be sort of like a parody, a political parody. But it had a bunch of people, uh, you know, using like racist rhetoric against Obama uh, and stuff like that. And, and you know, while I was watching this unfold, I was seriously considering just literally walking out the door because I knew that it was something that one day might come back to haunt me. Yes, we, can we go just a little bit? Um, yeah, so that's just an example. You know, like I said, nowadays, um, you know, people, I, I'm sure you've heard about, you know, with Jimmy Kimmel, he did the Carl the Malone sketch, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And now, now these, you know, people are trying to claim that he did blackface, which he didn't. He was, he did an impression of Carl Malone. He wasn't denigrating anyone's race. He wasn't, you know, playing off negative stereotypes. He just darkened himself to more closely resemble Carl Malone. People either are I mean, what, come on, what's with this Aunt Jemima? She's a pancake lady. I love her. Why are they getting rid of her? Yeah, yeah I, you know, I think what, what the problem is now, we've kind of crossed the line uh, in, into excessiveness when people are taking offense that something that isn't even meant to be offensive and, you know, you have to work to make it offensive or you have to assign it some, you know, some new meaning that it didn't have when it came out to make it offensive. I think a lot of it, probably half of it is is just you know, slacktivism. It's people who want to feel good about themselves. They want to pretend they did something by posting something on Facebook or, you know, they want to make, pretend that they matter, that their opinion matters. Uh, Cause if, if, it, if they really felt that way, they'd be out in the street, they'd be picketing, they'd be volunteering. There's a lot of things you can do to actually make the world a better place. And just, you know, uh, going after, you know, people for mistakes they made when they were 20 may, may not be the most effective one. Well, that, but also, but also the fact that what's it called? I feel like, the PC errors naturally made people much angrier. So now they're already in a bad mood and they're looking for a reason to be like pissed off about something. Well, it makes them feel alive. This, this thing with, with, with uh, social media and the fact that people who are completely random can, can get 2 million views off, you know, off of something they say has empowered people to, to want to be important, to want to be uh, pseudo celebrities, right? And to do that, they have to try and you know, uh, you know, drum up drama. You know, they have to be muckrakers, right? You know, so that's why they, you know, they they're constantly looking for something to be offended about because then they can post on Twitter that they were offended and maybe get retweets, right? There's a name for these people. They're called busybodies. Yeah, there <laughs> you go, bud. <laughs> but yeah, um, speaking of which, our other guest just walked in so we're now currently welcoming my man jp cower he's partaking with us and i believe he's a saved by the bell fan too is that right not really <laughs> i i've uh, uh i watched it as a kid kid but i haven't seen many episodes so uh, like like i don't know i'm getting older so i kind of forget more than i remember so I remember what Zach and all them, right? What's the uh, principal's name? Mr. Belding. Funny enough, yeah. yeah, we were talking about him earlier about how he put on a lot of weight, but and he's trying to get into stand up himself right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's been at it for a couple years because I, I was I left six years ago, and that writing gig was uh, before that. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, in Troy, you said you're still in touch with him, right? Or we're Facebook friends, and I talked to him once in a while on Messenger, and I ran into him at the reunion uh, a couple years ago at the Mac. 
And uh, here's some fair warning. I got like seven minutes left before I got to get back to the work. Okay. So if there's anything else you want to talk about, let's squeeze it into seven minutes. Um, I guess right now I'll let JP ask the questions because he's a newcomer. So, JP, fire away. All right. What 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 are you what are you currently doing now? I'm sitting in my car. Yeah, I know. I figured as much, but like uh, with at, you know, it's interesting because like I, I'm pretty sure a lot of productions are down now. So if you were still acting, you kind of got sidetracked with everything that's going on in the world, correct? All right. Uh, yeah. Right now, currently, uh, last year I filmed in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, a movie called The Stalker. It just found distribution, and it should be on platforms very soon, Netflix, Voodoo, whatever. So I'm pr promoting that, a co-star in it. Please look out for The Stalker. Please uh, join me on YouTube, everyone, Facebook, everyone, Instagram, everyone. Check out my video I made last night called Happy Purge of July. And uh, I'm doing some auditions here and there uh, via video. I did uh, audition for a Brad Pitt movie that's supposed to be for next year, so maybe they'll, they'll, you know, they'll side swipe me later, and I'll hear that I got it or something. But you know, I'm doing as much as I can possibly do during all this shit. Right, right. I figure, uh, like a lot of us, like uh, us, I'm a comedian myself, so I, I actually started a podcast, um, started interviewing as many people, and and. And uh, it's nice that you reach out uh, and uh, join this podcast. So appreciate it. Oh yeah, Troy's a fucking man. Um, but yeah, he uh, he he and Dustin Diamond were the two funniest ones on the show. Oh okay. Yeah, I I looked him up a little bit. Yeah, so he was the big guy, right? Yep, the big, the big blonde guy. And in another episode, he played a cigarette smoker who they mistook as an angry stoner, which is an oxymoron. Yes. <laughs> I was wearing the Slayer shirt. The leather jacket, that was all mine. Yeah, but yeah, there's one part when after they realized it wasn't his joint, they're like, oh, sorry for accusing you of smoking weed. We just figured by your thuggish exterior that you would do something like that. I'm like, again, oxymoron. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, when you're high, you're too lazy to want to fight anybody. <laughs> well, Troy, I, I know you said you're uh, you're short on time, but um, but yeah, like I said, if you you ever come out here on vacation or something, man, please uh, uh, let me know, man. I'm a, I consider myself something of a foodie, uh, and I love nothing better than to take people from out of town around and show them, you know, a lot of the hidden hot spots, uh, places to dine. You know, there's one in Coral Springs. If you like, you into heavy metal. Or were you uh, as a kid? I'm more of an alternative music kind of guy. I do like heavy, some heavy metal. Well, I, I, you know, I grew up when I was a kid. I, I'm not into it anymore, but when I was a kid, I used to idolize Iron Maiden, Scorpions, right? Well, uh, the drummer from Iron Maiden has a little restaurant out in Coral Springs. It blows my mind that nobody knows about it. It's a small barbecue place. The food is excellent. The prices are very reasonable. And he shows up sometimes. He'll give him prompt concerts. He'll play the drums and stuff. They have actual tour merchandise lining the walls. This is right here in South Florida in a small little city called Coral Springs. A lot of cool stuff to see in Florida. I, I, I can't take that away from it. Uh, you can go hunting in Central Florida. You can, you know, uh, spearfish, uh, all kinds. Anything you want to do, you can find it here. A mugging, you can see. <laughs> you can try to catch a live mugging, whatever. I mean, we got it all. Yeah, a lot of mugging, a lot of gators, a lot of pedophilia. Any, 
anything you could possibly want like that we have. We have the meth gators now, right? Yeah, we've got... <laughs> Murder hornets. And a lot... Oh, so, say what? What did you say? The pedophiles are feet to the crocodiles. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, train them to bite the dick off. The whole, the whole thing, the whole pedophile guy. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, what's it called? Um, hopefully, at least the pedophiles down here aren't quite as ugly as Michael Jackson was. MJ looks like a fucking alien, literally. <laughs> I visit a pedophile once every other week. Yeah, she gets her feet done by a by the file. <laughs> But yeah, were you a Michael Jackson fan? Did you ever listen to his music? A little bit. What What did you think of him? I I like it. Some of his music is very talented. What, what can I say? Uh, yeah. I, I, it wasn't a team, really. Uh, my, my my music was like Devo. My favorite all time band is Wall of Voodoo. This is where I'm going. But, Wall of Voodoo. Wow, I, I haven't even heard of that. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. That's my favorite all-time band. You know the song Mexican Radio? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, whoa, yeah, whoa. A, I'm a big fan of Stan Ridgeway and Wall of Voodoo and, and the, the, the newer Wall of Voodoo, but that's all gone now. But that's that's my, my time. That's my favorite kind of music. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. I'll admit that I'm a sucker for 80s, 90s, and early 2000s hip-hop. I used to... Yeah. Grew up on guys like DMX, Tupac, Eminem, um, Public Enemy, all of them. Were, were you a fan I, I, of any of the rappers from your time, like the 80s? I, I liked 1MDC. I liked that. I don't know what to tell you. I, I liked, it was, a, it was a, uh, a radio station out here called KROQ. And uh, that was my, big, my my high school uh, radio station. And they played all the cool new wave alternative kind of music. And that's what I was really into. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan myself. That's that's my favorite. Nirvana, Foo you know, Fighters, I, Pumpkins. I didn't, you know, at the time, I was in the Fomus delivery van in the San Fernando Valley. And I delivered to this house. And it was, um, what, what's his face? Dave Navarro. I didn't know who he was at the time. That's Megadeth. Yeah, Megadeth. No, no, no. Dave Navarro is the guitar player for oh. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, at that originally time. From, uh, originally from yeah. uh, Jane's Addiction. Yep. Yeah, he's the Foo Fighters, isn't he? No, Dave Grohl is Foo Fighters. Oh. Dave, Dave Navarro is a little bit darker features, real handsome fellow, married to, um, to Carmen Electra. Or was married to her? Or maybe not anymore, oh. but he was for a time. But Dave Navarro, what bands was he involved in there? He started out in Jane's Addiction way back in like late late eighties, yeah. uh, and then he he worked his way into the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I knew the drummer uh, Stephen something. He came into our restaurant. So then Stephen ordered food, and Dave Navarro. I recognized him at the time because I already knew about Jane's Addiction. So he's all um, I'm a, I was listening to a band out loud when I was delivering the food called the Transplants. And I go, this is a transplant. They're my favorite. And then Dave Navarro says, what do you think of Jane's addiction? I said, yeah, they're all right, too. 
That's funny, man. We, we, you know, we, we all have those those moments. Uh, you know, I, I, I met um, Diane Lane, who I've always said I've had a crush on for decades. Uh, and I, I was bartending at a party and she came up and I made her a drink and she was just so um, like disinterested. And, and it just it really turned, it broke my heart, man. I thought for sure, you know, I was like, we're going to fall in love. We're going you know, <laughs> to this was meant to be. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, uh, I have a friend that's a, uh, um, he, um, I met him through my daughter, my daughter's best friend, uh, her, her dad, he's a, uh, retired baseball player. He pitched in a world series for the Yankees. I mean, he's like a real, and I had no idea who the guy was. And I was just like, cause I've never been a baseball guy. And it, uh, you know, you run into those people all the time. You just don't know who you run into and stuff like that. Yeah, that that happened to me with um, Troy. I don't know if you've ever seen that show on Animal Planet called Gator Boys. No, uh, I know, I know, I never watched that one. <laughs> but yeah, what's it called? Um, the Gator Boys crew. They all live down here. They're South Florida based and. I only knew them as my karaoke buddies at this place I would go to every week, but um, I had no idea till like four years of knowing them as my bar buddies that they were famous. I then one night a couple of my friends see me talking to them. They're like, "How do you know the Gator Boys?" I'm like, "Who?" And they're like, "The guys you were talking to all night." I'm like. Why are they called that? Did they go to the University of Florida, Florida Gators? And they're like, no, they're a TV show. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And that's when my friend showed me their show and everything. I'm like, holy shit, I had absolutely no idea. I'm like, this whole time I um was talking to and seeing these guys who I thought were just simply my karaoke buddies. <laughs> you try to get on the show? Uh, nah, I wouldn't be caught dead trying to do some of the stunts they do. They, yeah, they like wrestle, wrestle with alligators. Well, and actually, Dan would be caught dead. Actually, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna uh, say goodbye. Uh, please, uh, my movie The Stalker, and uh, and I love you guys. Thanks for talking to me and everything. Oh yeah, hey, nice uh, meeting you, Troy. Yeah, the pleasure was all ours. Um. Particularly mine being a huge diehard Saved by the Bell fan. And given the fact that you were literally like my favorite of the side characters, either you or Mr. Tuttle, the teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know, my favorite character is Max. Uh, oh. Max the Nerd. Oh, yeah. yeah, I loved Max too. Um, Do you have a favorite episode? My favorite episode would probably be the drinking and driving. Oh yeah, uh, that one—the one where Zach proved to be a complete lightweight, got into a collision from like two or three beers. <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to teach kids a lesson, you know. Yeah, well, to me, it was almost like Zach tried to blame the beers for the fact that he was a really shitty driver. <laughs> okay, man, I gotta go. Really, my uh, my. My wife's looking at me through the door. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, ho uh, You'll have to let us know next time how badly she chewed you out. <laughs> She's not gonna, but check out my video. 
Got it. The stalker. The stalker will do. <laughs> Are you the stalker? <laughs> you want, I'm, I'm one of the um, suspects. Oh, okay. Maybe you are. Okay. Can't wait to see it. You have to watch it to find out. And it's only a freaking hour long. Okay. And if you have the link, send it to us if you can. The movie is... is, is uh, when it comes uh, out on platform, we'll look for it. Right. Do that. And watch my 4th of July video I made last night. Yeah, that I'll definitely do. I'm sure it's a riot. <laughs> All right. It's funny a little bit. Okay, I love you guys. Bye. Take Bye. Hey. Yeah, sorry you missed most of it. Look, okay, I went up north to meet Marissa. You know Marissa? Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. She's my girlfriend, so oh, really? I went to meet her for lunch, and then our, we ended up having a dumb waiter, which... <laughs> <laughs> It was like a little slow. Every 